Jesus was an ancient Near Eastern preacher, so it uh, makes sense that he made use of uh, rhetorical devices and so forth, both to convey the truth that he was seeking to pass on, as well as doing it in a way that is somewhat memorable. And I think that's what we've got here in this little chain of sayings. Um, It moves us from the embrace of the highest heavens all the way through uh, to ultimately landing with the most humble. Jesus references you lot when he says, you know, if you receive someone, then he, if you receive me, and he references himself, and then he references the Father, and then he references prophets and righteous people, and then even the little ones. So, what does it mean to receive here? To, re- to receive someone is to welcome them. If you receive someone into your home, uh, you receive them and all that they have to offer you. Uh, When you receive, it indicates a welcome, whatever it is that you're receiving. A few years ago, I ordered an iPhone from Telstra, I think, and uh, they were just coming out and it was really hard to get hold of them, so I was getting in there real quick and uh, unfortunately I ordered the wrong one. So I rang them up quickly and said, look, I've ordered the wrong one. I need to order a different one. They said, well, because of our systems, it's probably already been sent out and um, what you need to do is not receive it. So when the man comes to the door and says, sign here, please, say, no, I'm not going to, and he'll turn around and take it back. So to not receive is to reject, right? When we don't welcome something, we reject it. But if we do receive it, that's a different thing altogether. Inherent in the idea of welcome is acceptance. When we welcome something, we are not doing simply the tolerating thing, kind of holding our nose with one hand and taking it with the other, or whatever it is. We are expressing a form of inclusion and participation in a funny kind of way. A few years ago, my mum was honoured with an Order of Australia medal for her services to the community and netball, of all things. Um, The first she knew about this was when the administrators of the Order of Australia medals uh, contacted her and indicated that she had been nominated and asked her would she be willing to accept the award if indeed she was awarded it. And I thought that was kind of strange, but clearly there had been people who didn't want to accept the award and they wanted to avoid that kind of embarrassment or awkwardness, I guess. And it's interesting, why would you not want to accept an award? Because maybe you don't think the awards are worthwhile or maybe you don't want to be part of the system or the, the institution that awards them. Maybe you want to distance yourself from that. But my mum was really proud to be nominated and she was said, yes, she'd very happily received the award and ultimately did get the award. She wanted to participate in this thing. It was really something that she wanted to be identified with. And we become identified with those whom we welcome. It's long been known that uh, the people we hang around with influence us. Uh, If you saw my little video during the week on Facebook, I commented on the fact that parents intuitively know this. They want their children to hang out with the good kids, mainly, because they want their kids to be influenced by other kids who are doing things that are kind of helpful and that kind of stuff. We don't want our kids to be with kids that are dropping out of school or doing breaking the law, getting into trouble, that kind of thing, because we see how easy it is 
for a group to influence an individual. And we quickly see a person in light of their associates. And as nuance is flattened in our social media culture, we increasingly identify people according to the tribes they associate with. Uh, Most specifically, are they one of us or one of them? So it makes a certain amount of sense that we share in the rewards of those we associate with. And you might say, well, what is a prophet's reward? What does a righteous person get? And I know when I was younger, my imagination went wild on these sorts of things. Oh, I wonder what the prophet gets. But if you look at history, the main thing that the prophet and the righteous receive is ostracism and rejection. Unless you were a court prophet employed by the king to say all the things the king wanted to hear, pretty much all the other prophets were really on the margins of their community. They did odd things and people considered them to be quite strange and often they were thrown into big pits like Jeremiah in a cistern or it seems like Isaiah was beaten up by a mob or even Elijah being made fun of by people. These were people who were not normal. They were on the outside or the fringes of their communities. And so they received ostracism and rejection. Is that part of the reward you're looking for? But of course the true delight of the prophet and the righteous is that they fulfil their calling. That is, they know what God is calling them to say or to be or to do And that's what they want to say and be and do. I have to be honest with you, I love my role here at Mustard Seed and all the various other parts with my chaplaincy and so forth. I love preaching and teaching. I love meeting people and talking through issues with them. I love that people in the community seek me out at critical moments. I love that. I love posting little thought starter videos on social media and thinking them up and Doing them, and I love that some people respond to those things. I love visiting Juliet in the nursing home and Jeff, who's now in respite. I love being the public face of this incredible mustard seed community when we stand up at the live nativity or the Anzac Day service. These are things I feel called to do, and it is my absolute delight to do them. You might even say that being involved in these things is my reward. The greatest reward for the prophet and for the righteous is simply to hear their Lord say to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with small things. I will give you even greater responsibility. No other thing is more sought after. Nothing is quite so good as it could be until it is enjoyed in the context of faithfulness for the prophet and for the righteous. So much for receiving the reward reward of the prophet and the righteous. What about the reward that never fades away? At the end of this little train of sayings, we get this little saying about the little ones or the humble or the least of these. And this is a classic kingdom paradox. Being among those in need 
offers us the best opportunity to fully fulfil our divine image-bearing nature, precisely because we have abundant opportunity to offer life to others, just as God offers life to us. Because, you see, we live in an abundant context. I don't know if you've noticed that, but for most of us, most of the time, our struggle is not about getting what we need in order to get by. Our struggle is between deciding is deciding between the abundance of options that we have. Not whether we will eat, but what shall we eat? Not whether we have clothes to put on our body, but what clothes shall we wear today? These sorts of things. Not what will we do, but how will we amuse ourselves for the next couple of hours? These are There are some things that we need, but for most of us, most of the time, the challenges we face are much more like the rich ruler who really needed to let go of stuff in order to learn how to trust his God. But there is no greater thing you can be involved in than sustaining and enhancing life. I mean, I'm an ordained Christian minister. I hope you already knew that, but that's the case. And I reckon I get as good an array of opportunities to serve God and bring life to others as anybody could hope for. But even for me, in the context of the abundance that we live in, it's not, common, it's not a common thing for me to feel that I'm being effective in bringing that life to other people. I mean, there are some moments that really stand out for me. I've told you the story of a young woman who came to our door late at night because she knew she would not be judged by us. And I just thought, yeah, that's, that's a God thing. And uh, there was a family that were going through a crisis and they, we helped them out and they wrote a note saying, you guys saved us. I mean, that's a, that's a God thing. And sometimes, honestly, when Juliet at the nursing home, as I'm leaving, she says, thank you so much for coming and praying with me. And really, I know she's saying, thank you for not forgetting me. And that's, that's a real God thing. Or when somebody in the community says, that video you made really spoke to me. And these are moments when I feel like I'm right where God wants me to be and I'm doing those things that God has called me to do. And I think that is the most like God that we can be. When we are bringing life to someone, restoring the soul of someone, encouraging them, this is when we bear God's image most brightly. Of course, often we don't know the impact of our words and actions. Well-chosen words at just the right moment sustain the soul. And I'm aware that some of you have spoken those words to me at times when I've not been very well equipped to respond with gratitude and you may not have known the power of what you've said to me or done for me. And I think that's true in all sorts of ways. And there's a sense in which I think we won't know the fullness of that until all things are known. But that is the reward. You see, when I first heard these sayings of Jesus, my mind was so configured that I thought reward meant that I would get something really great later on. Maybe I'd get a bigger mansion in heaven. Maybe for dinner I would get the deluxe seafood platter. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny what we consider to be reward at different stages of our lives, right? 
But the true reward, the one that cannot be taken away from us, because we enjoy the reward in the very activity we are called to engage in, that reward is found in being the people we are called to be. So let us continue to follow Christ into all the richness of the reward of the life to which he is calling us to, and so to bless the world. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let us pray.